What do you? Th- what is your theory though on this track? Now I know Nelly, what you and me have talked about because we've heard this before from another. But what do you think they're doing with these? If you had to take a wild guess, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I, God can only knows what they're doing with them uh, because, in my opinion, in a half an hour from that moment, it was back to regular form, and what. To continue on with, with, I'll get back to your question, but my friend told me over generations of living on the dark side, you can be able to have the ability to have full metamorphosis. He says, Bigfoot, Bigfoot is definitely a skinwalker. It's not something that is created wholly and it's like that in that form and it stays in that form he says we don't talk much because us native americans have very 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 small platforms nobody pays attention to us the majority of the country lives within 30 miles of a coast we're out here on our own but Anything that you can think of that is a skinwalker that transforms every single bit of it is, in the States at least, is of Native American origin. Even traces it back. I remember stories talked about because this is in the area of uh, Custer in the 7th Cavalry. He said, my ancestors along the Rosebud River and all that area of southeast Montana to where Custer's Last Stand took place, when the different tribes came together at the end, who were once warring tribes, but they came together at the end because their numbers were so small to fight off and to take whatever measures they could to, you know, you know, be prideful and to hold on to that way of life that they knew it. And, you know, which is agreeable. I mean, who wouldn't agree with that, with what they did? You know, I I, I would hold on to it, too. I mean, it was wrong uh, with what happened to them. But they said that they would terrorize the U.S. Cavalry. In the evenings, they'd be sitting out there on the plains. And obviously, this is of the dark. And we could get into that if you want to, but where you have, you know, good medicine and bad medicine, the good shamans, and then you have dark shamans, that the tribes would once put the bad shamans like as outcast. You know, they didn't want anything to do with them because it was regular society and they were trying to do good. Well, the people that would once cause havoc and trouble and be curseful and devilish, if you will, towards just the regular people, they now brought them in as a last, last measure. Last-ditch effort, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they would take these this family of, you know, that was practicing bad medicine, and he said it takes generations after generations after generations. It might be the fourth generation of praying to the devil, to the dark side, to finally be able to have the power to truly change. And that they would terrorize those federal troops and that those federal troops, they'd sit there and they'd come as a wolf, come as, you know, a Bigfoot-like, you know, uh, creature. And they would sit there and just fire shots off into the dark wildly. And that was the whole point. Waste ammunition and to get them to where they're depleted and they could just come in and do, you know, whatever at their will. And so uh, in saying that, folks, he said that this stuff has been going on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. That before, you know, uh, European you know, arrival that they would do it 
tribe to tribe, you know, but um, that the um, the source, if you will, of the power was, you know, calling upon the dark side to uh, to get the power to be able to do that. And um, so that's why, you know, my buddy said that his uncles had told him that uh, as this creature was changing back, that they could tell that uh, who it was and that it was definitely from a family who was uh, into bad medicine. Has any of the, the agents or ever talked about where they exactly they take these things and they're just um, able to give any information or have they ever? I mean, he said that, you know, some of the agents talk about it, um, but some of them don't. There's um, actually a very high turnover rate amongst the BI agents, um, you know, for the things that they go through and the things they have to see. Any kind of uh, recording or, uh, you know, documentation of these things, uh, video, if you will, you know, they got to turn that stuff in and uh, they'll go back, you know, for records or to wherever it's supposed to be filed away. And of course, it's never there. Um, it's just wiped out, and, you know, they're just told uh, by, you know, chain of command, just, you just don't talk about that. These BI agents know, first of all, they understand that they live, you know, it's a, the BI agents are, it's all native, you know. So they understand what they're dealing with beforehand, and then you get the federal government involved because it's on federal land. You know, and it's just uh, they're going to cover the stuff up, you know, and they understand that. And that's why there's such a high turnover rate, because they just can't take it, you know, because uh, all the every instance of things happening, it just uh, it just disappears. You know, um, you know, there's lots of uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of darkness and stuff like that, you know, uh, that's been going on for generation after generation. You know, it, it always uh it always made me kind of smile on the inside of when people talk about, uh, okay, you know, not to delve way down this other rabbit hole, but um, rabbit hole, if you will, but why don't you see any miracles today? Uh, why don't you see any like crazy things of the light happening or crazy things of the dark happening? Well, you do. You just have to go to uh, places that, Either. You okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Let me breathe for a moment. Remember some stories. Well, one of the things I was going to say, uh, if I could interject, I, I worked with, uh, I used to work at a place, and actually, Nelly, you worked there with me, and we met those guys from New Orleans, and they were talking about voodoo. Oh, yeah, yes, they, they were, I remember. They were African-American guys, and we, we sat there and talked to them for a couple of hours, and they were doing the Airbnb at the, at the site that we worked at, and they were talking about generations. Like this one guy was saying that five, six generations of people who practice voodoo could eventually master the art of shape-shifting. And his great 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 grandmother was a Haitian, and then he, remember that he was like, mm -hmm. they were like uh, musicians, and actually they, they were, were headed to New Mexico, yeah. oddly enough, to go and, and be near a reservation, which was so he was he was kind of stoked about it. But we we, we didn't I'm really, sure he was, and we didn't really he he wasn't into it, but he was into the whole lore and all that. Right. And he, okay. he had like a place that mm -hmm. he would sell stuff over there, and so anyway, he was a musician, and we talked, and it was during South by Southwest about four about uh, three years ago. And so me and Nellie were, were talking to this gentleman, um, or maybe it was two years ago. I don't remember exactly. But one of the things that we talked about was very interesting because we were talking about the whole generational thing and how long it takes to, to perfect that. There was a police officer that actually worked, and I worked with him about four years ago at that same site, which is really weird that you would run into two different people. And he he was half Mexican and half Navajo. Mm -hmm. And so, which was odd too. And so we were talking and he said that his, his mother was, was uh, Navajo and his dad was Mexican. And he was saying that people, that these shamans, good and bad, could learn to shapeshift. 
and that they could take on different forms. And one of the things he said was, you could take on the form of any creature that exists. Mm -hmm. And he said that if you took on the form of a werewolf or wolf man or whatever, because mm -hmm. we talked about it because I told him what I'd seen. And he said that was not unusual. That he said that you could learn to take on the form of anything. And he believed, now he believed, that the Bigfoot was a real creature, a flesh and blood creature that was like a throwback, relic, prehistoric hominid, but that these shamans could take on the form of them mm -hmm. and pretend to be them. But he said that they always had something that wasn't correct. Um, now, I learned this too when I had one of my Arab friends, and we were talking about Lebanese earlier that you're friends with and I'm friends with. Mm -hmm. And one of the Lebanese had told me, he said, when you see the jinn, these demons or whatever, mm -hmm. he said, they can mimic humans almost perfectly, but there's always one or two flaws. Right. And the eyes in particular. Mm -hmm. Now, that's weird. He said, one, this one Arab told me that he had, he would see his grandmother and he knew, or his grandfather, and he knew it wasn't his grandfather mm -hmm. because his grandfather had green eyes and he would see this, his grandfather with black eyes yeah, and he knew it wasn't The jinn are very, very crafty. Very crafty. Mm. And so he said, no, that's not correct. And so he prayed and- so this this police officer told me and my brother um, that one of the things that gave away the Bigfoot, or is he, he had a weird name that they called him. Uh, I, I don't want to mess it up and butcher it because I'm not native, so I'm of that kind of native anyway. But I, I don't want to say it. But it was like sort of like an O or something. But mm -hmm. he said that one of the things that they would see these creatures, they had red eyes. Mm -hmm. And he said you knew automatically that that was Skinwalker, not right. – of the actual Bigfoot. The Bigfoot had an orangey eye shine, whereas the, the skin walker had uh, red eyes. Mm -hmm. And he said that, that it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that there was a physical dog man type creature and that they were mimicking it. Now that's what he, that's what he said. And then when me and Nellie talked to the, the African-American gentleman, he actually told us kind of the same thing that they would, they would turn into these, uh, bird-like creatures, and he had like this name, I don't remember what the name was, but that they could mimic these birds, but that you would see the eyes, and the right. eyes would be, and so that was very telling that everybody always kind of said the same thing. You know, there was a guy that was from Hawaii that told us the same thing. People would mimic, and these, was even weirder that these people could shapeshift into sharks. Yeah. And that they could, they, and he told a friend of mine who's now deceased, um, you may have met him, he was one of my buddies from back in the day, he was a, a really good friend of mine. Um, we, we were overseas together and he was saying that they told him this. And then he actually got me in touch with this one guy and he was a kahuna as they called him. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that they, that would actually, uh, look like they would see like tiger sharks. Right. They could go into the water and literally shapeshift into what looked like a shark, except they would have one or two flaws. Right. But you were saying that your friend told you that they, they could actually, over generations, almost perfect it, but never quite completely perfect it. But then they actually would choose to, to run around. Um, the, the more they got into the one recurring theme that, that I've heard that from this, and maybe I'm wrong here, but one thing I gathered from all of this was that the further they got into the animal shape, the less uh, uh, cognizant they were of their humanity. Mm -hmm. And that they were running the danger of actually staying that way. Right. Yes. And they would actually train, change into a horse where you stay a horse and you're just a horse. And if you, so you have to retain some of your humanity and connection to the, the world. And you would literally kind of be in the astral plane with the silver cord connected to this uh, avatar, if you will. And you're kind of like, almost like playing a video game with your mind. Right. I mean, it's, if you can if you will, find a happy medium, then you can, you have more control. Mm -hmm. You know, if you went plumb overboard or... You may stay that way. You may stay that way and mm -hmm. less cognizance of, of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But if you can stay in that happy medium, then you can basically uh, have the best of both worlds. You know, you can have the mind to to operate and do whatever deed that you uh what evil deed they're doing you, know? you change to do um and you know yet have the mind and uh the sharpness to do it but have the uh, uh camouflage to uh appear as something different you mm -hmm. know and uh he said that they used to torment uh them federal troops like uh it was crazy and they would just you know they'd be terrified 
Uh, and then when the morning comes and, and the morning, then they get raided, and it, you know, they have what, they've been up, up all night. Up all night. So you're not uh, mentally sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're uh, mentally fatigued, uh, physically fatigued. And, um, uh, you know, you're uh, out of ammunition. <laughs> you know, and I had a friend that was Men- his Menominee, and he was telling me, um, and actually Squid's ex-wife is also Menominee. You know Squid, mm-hmm. one of my guys from way back. But they were telling me that one of the things that they learned was that they believe that part of the reason why they lost was because they gave the dark side a platform. They really believe that. Like, they believe that they were almost like being punished for giving it over, you know what I mean? Like allowing them to be a part of it or whatever, that some of the elders were like, if we allowed the bad medicine, that that we that it was going to be even more of a curse. Right. Right. What you yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, And they were saying that, but then other tribes were just saying, you know what? It was just simple numbers. <laughs> you know, we lost yeah. because, we, you know, it was simple numbers. Um, and it would, but it was, you know, hence the, the last resort that I referred to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of them were against it, uh, of bringing some of these families yeah, in. Yeah, no matter what, they to didn't do want that. to do it, yeah. But, you know, at, at the end, they're like, you know, what, what else? What do we have left? Yeah, what can what, we do? What, what choice do we have? Yeah, and, and there was a lot of, um, like, my grandmother's Comanche, okay, on my mom's side. So I'm actually Mexican and Comanche. But one of the things that I remember her talking about was that that the Comanches didn't practice uh, very much shamanism. They didn't have a a religion. Their closest allies were the Kiowa, Mm -hmm. but the Kiowa did. And I mean, you've talked about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the other side of the Brazos, the Kiowa had a stronghold there, and they they were the Comanches kind of uh, like vassal group. They kind of answered to the Comanche. Comanches were pretty much, I would say, probably the the, the meanest of all the natives. There's really nobody and, that could compare to and them. And they were very, very uh, small in numbers. The Comanche actually are an offshoot of those tribes up there. Oh yeah, in Colorado. the Cheyenne and the yeah and the uh, the Arapaho, the Arapaho, and they you know, they came down came here and kind in of a s- southeasterly direction mm-hmm. down here, and um, they. I mean, when your numbers are small, you have to be savage. Yeah, yeah, savage, and they're like. I mean, they were the terrorists of of that time, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and pe- the Kiowa were supposedly were from the Lakota. Mm-hmm. They they were an offshoot of the Lakota, which were very close uh, in trading partners. All three of them were close with the Cheyenne. Right. They would trade. They were all they would they would sell horses and they would trade and they were allies. But they each had their own individuality, and the Comanches were also made up of the Nermina people. They were made up of like four different groups, the, the buffalo eaters, the antelope eaters, the mountains, mm-hmm. the uh, mountain climbers, whatever. They all had their own little subsects and the Kiowa being their ally now, the Kiowa were very interesting to me because they had three totems and one of them was the wolf and one of them was a crow. Mm-hmm. And supposedly they would worship these demigods, um, for lack of a better term, they would, they would, they would dance and they would ga- give, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Supplication? How would you say it? Like sacrifice to homage. They would pay homage to these uh, gods that were the, of the nature. Um, and I know that the crow was very prominent and so was wolf. And they were very – They all represented – Represented the, different yeah. things. And mm-hmm. their shamans could actually supposedly take the form of those. Mm-hmm. And the Comanche – now my great-grandmother, of course, she, she was Comanche. And she was very adamant that this was very real – and when before she died, she had talked about it, and on, on a couple of different occasions as a child, that they that they she witnessed these ceremonies of the Kiowa, hmm. and it was very impressive to the Comanche because they didn't actually partake, participate in any shamanism, but that the Kiowa did, and that they would actually um, watch in fascination as their as their medicine men could right. take the form of fox, uh, wolf, deer. And um, buffalo and and different animals, crows, and so I remember, you know, just 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 hearing stories like about these people that could do this, and so you know, it, when when you grow up as a little kid and you hear stories from somebody that you respect and you believe, you know, and of course the translation came from my my aunt, who would tell me what she was t- saying because she didn't speak English. So that that was very interesting to me to hear those stories because that was the first I'd ever heard of like anything like that, you know, like um and so the the legends that I heard of the Cadejo 
and of the um and of of the uh, Cadejo and then of the, of the legends I would hear of the Amade Lobo came from my aunt and of course this was something that my grandmother was like very adamant that this is very real it is real and that these people would practice it and that they were shapeshifters that were doing it now that was from a very native american standpoint mm-hmm. but the uh, hispanic culture that blended with it they had their own versions of it and of course they had their own legends and where it came from now on the on the caucasian side of the coin here, they believe that they came from the old country, mm-hmm. from Czech uh, descend, descended people and Germanic. Mm-hmm. We don't really know exactly where it came from, but we know that it's real. Yeah, I think it's all real, and I believe it's um, it could be more than one thing. Going it's on. it's a blend of of all those different backgrounds and origins. And one thing that stuck out to me is through all of it. Every single person that I talked to of Shoshone or Arapaho descent said, if activity like that is going on, it's all of calling upon the dark side. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it really doesn't matter what, you know, what religion, what race or what tribe. Right. If right. you go far enough into the dark side, that's what could happen. That's what can happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, and 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 here's another thing too. I wanted to, to I want to say something about that. Now, there are people who think, oh, that sounds really cool. I mean, I could do something like this and go and you know do whatever. Um, you got to remember, you're you're paying a heavy price for this ability. You're you're allowed to go run around as we talked about one day. We were talking about you were you were telling me and Nelly like you're only on this earth for seventy eighty years. Mm-hmm what happens when 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 the bill comes due it's like a credit it's, card uh, you're going to pay interest for that it, and, it's, and it's not a, a very uh, logical trade off no it's not because you're trading your eternal soul for exactly. damnation mm-hmm. for for a little short period of time it's a sucker's deal mm-hmm. but when people are brought up in generation after generation after generation of criminality it becomes habit it's like la cosa nostra with the italians you know, it was like they were in the mob and they were raised up in the mob. And I knew some guys from back in the day that were, they were five, six generations deep in this all the way back to Sicily. Mm-hmm. So they just, they just continued to practice the criminality, you know, and, and of course I got some close friends who are different ethnicities who do things, you know, some of them, mm-hmm. and they have always just done that. And, and there's no... Well, I'm not going to do that because that's just what they've always done. Their great grandfather did it, and his grandfather did it, and they're going right. to do it. It's it's definitely uh, it's passed down through, of course, because you know they would say the BIA agents would get a call, and they would be called out to a certain village on the reservation, and when they arrive to that village, already with the knowledge of the family that is involved with the call, they already know what they're walking into. So they'll walk into this trailer where the wife calls, who has called three times in the last month, and it's the same ordeal when they show up, um, go into the trailer, the wife's in, you know, in tears, hysterical, you know, place is a wreck he's in the room of course he's in the room he was in the room the last two times we showed up go back into the room and he's sitting there levitating off of the bed three feet above it and they're like okay i mean same old story are we going to go through this again you it's almost like you have to be a common thread that i heard was we're almost like in Catholicism, we're like exorcist also in a way, you know, because it's they're fully possessed, you know, levitating and they go and they they look at the wife and she's hysterical. And it's like, what do you want us to do? You know, you go whether you want to or not, you're going along with this, yet you call us. Why are you calling us? You handle it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to, you know, what's he doing? Well, I don't want to see him in this state. Well, okay. 
don't live on the dark side. Don't call upon what you're calling upon. Mm -hmm. So they'll try to bring him down, and then he'll look at them, of course, talking in voices they don't understand, languages they don't understand, very violent, strong, you know. Uh, they try to bring him down. He'll toss them around like rag dolls, you know, and some of the BI agents are, they're Christian. So, you know, they'll, uh, you know, pray over him and, uh, you know, just for any sort of containment. And when it's all said and done, you know, they might be able to contain them. They might not. And when they leave, you know, there was a couple instances of testimonies I heard. They walk in there and an infant, a young teenager is in there and they'll, they've seen an infant sitting there in a, a crab walk, walking backwards with a ghastly face, just staring at them, uh, talking S-H-I-T, you know? Uh, it's just the whole, it's just demonic written all over it you know and when you draw that stuff into your household and you go on to that call knowing that family name and what they know that they're, they're going to be walking into something yeah, evil of course that for generations and you're talking about a, a baby a, a baby, baby uh -huh. it's oh my gosh and so it's it's you're definitely right on the generational thing because they don't even and that just leads to uh you know, the turnover rate because they can only see and deal with so much because it makes them want to go crazy. And they're just like, you know, um, they don't they don't know really how to handle it because, you know, they on the third or fourth call, they just, you know, they tell the woman, hey, uh, what do you want? What can we do? What can we do? You know, um, yeah. if you don't like what you're in, then leave. And it's uh, well, I can't leave. I mean, there's a hold over them. Mm -hmm. And if if I do leave, um well, there's bad medicine put on me. I could go to uh, to Egypt, and uh, that medicine's following me. You know, so it's uh, it's definitely a generational thing, and it's uh, it's just something that you know, the general. You're not going to hear that on CNN or CSNBC. Yeah, no, they're not going to uh, You know, it's just, well, none uh, of this is going to make the mainstream. I mean, <clears throat> and, and and the thing and the truth of the matter is, you know. We're, we're we're in an age where more people are becoming aware of it, but there is still a stigma attached to this stuff. I mean, I was talking to a guy one day, and I was like at the gym, and I was like, I, "This is what I do, I do," and he laughed in my face, like, "For real, you believe in all that?" I'm like, "I've lived it, sir. I've lived it." And then I punched him in the. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, nah, seriously. But I was like, you know what? I've lived this. I mean, this is real to me. Mm -hmm. We grew up here. With these stories of, you know, and if it, if, if it wasn't us and our neighbors or somebody's had something weird happen. Right. And, and I think land can be, have, have certain, uh, maybe a curse or, or whatever put on it. And, and it's bad. The land is bad. You know, mm -hmm. it's sour, the land. And I think there's certain areas, there's certain, you know, bottom land out there near Thorndale. I can tell you there's some areas where I wouldn't go. And, yeah. and I, honestly, I believe that. I believe biblically that there's spiritual warfare that goes on at all times. I really believe that. I know you were both Christian. We were raised as Christians. It's happening all around us. Mm -hmm. Now, people say, well, you've had a lot of weird paranormal experiences, and I always tell people, so have you. You just choose to not pay attention. <laughs> you're right. not paying attention mm -hmm. to it, and you're living your life every day and just act, you know, just going about your normal everyday life. Well, the native cultures tend to take it to heart and they live that life, literally, you know, mm -hmm. like truthfully live it, you know. And so the spirit world is just a very part, big part of it, you know, and uh, I've said this before, we are not, you know, physical beings having spiritual experiences. We are spiritual beings having physical experiences. Right. Yeah. I, You know, I had a question about the BIA because uh, regarding earlier when we were talking when I'd asked a question about like what you think they're doing uh, with them over there, <clears throat> I was thinking that they could be trying to decode their DNA so that they could mass produce these things and uh, study their shape shifting abilities so they can, you know, create an army. Weaponize it. Yeah, um, that's a good. That's a good point. I think if they look at their DNA, in my opinion, that their DNA or it's going to be just like anybody else's. You don't think that it would have any differences considering the physiological changes that they no, can cause? No, I think that they're 
they draw their uh, power, if you will, uh, from the devil. And, um, you know, if you call upon him uh, long enough and hard enough that, um, you know, he is uh, he's the king of uh, of the of the plane that we're on, of the realm that we see. And um, as they say, the God of this world. He mm-hmm. is. Well, do you think that there's a, a possibility that they can be born skinwalkers since the families are practicing this for generations and generations and it's corrupting? It has to be corrupting their DNA. Their DNA, yeah. I don't think that they're born skinwalkers, but I think that because they're in that family and that's the only thing that they, the families, just their vernacular, their lifestyle, their uh, worship of the dark side day in and day out it's the only thing that they know and they're in the middle of nowhere wyoming which um into a rabbit hole is the most least populated state in america there's roughly plus or minus half a million people there you mean mean like as far as land wise per capita no, I mean by far it's the it's the Wyoming is the least populated state in America. Um, there's about a half a million people there, and really, uh huh, and they are in the in the middle of a reservation to where the numbers are very very low concerning law enforcement. I don't know if I should say this or not, but for all the listeners out there. If y'all want to check out a very good movie, check out the movie Wind River. Jeremy Renner, I believe is his last name. Um, the Hurt Locker, he was in that one. Very, very good movie. Um, and extremely, extremely, just coming back from Wyoming, extremely authentic. Um, everything about it, the movie Wind River. Um, and BIA agents in that movie um, going through what they go through and the fight against local jurisdiction federal jurisdiction and the and just the just the red tape that they have to go through um literal hell um is um it's extremely true so back to your question ma'am i think it's um it's something that's learned i don't think that as they come out of their mother's womb it's in their dna i think it's uh it's what they see and it's what they if y'all heard that, folks, that's the west side of Taylor, Texas for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's just, uh, it's what they know. And I think that in they, at an early age, um, that's what they start to practice. And um, if, uh, like they say, you know, I don't care if you're doing seances, messing with Ouija boards, or if you're just full blown out into devil worshiping, if you call upon him... Uh, where they say in the field of dreams, um, if you build it, they will come. Uh, yeah, he's going to come if you call upon him. That's frightening. It is frightening. So, so in other words, you were asking Trey if Nellie, you were asking Trey if if people if you if he, in his opinion if they were born like born with this ability, which would explain like what you were saying, Trey, how you had heard about babies being able to do. Um, that that would make sense in a way because it's like familial because I know that satanic, you know, rituals can be performed to curse generations, you know, born into it. Now, I'm going to say something a little bit controversial, but I believe. On something like that, I'm just going to interject real quick. I believe that the, yeah, the baby's crawling backwards is because they, I mean, they put something on that baby. It's not the baby crawling upon it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you actually interjected because I was going to say something controversial. Which I'm not going to say now. <laughs> I, don't so be- I don't believe it's in its, you know, in its uh, DNA or anything. In its like that. DNA mm-hmm. to do that, but I believe that there is something. Uh, I mean, who knows in those households um, where you know no eyes are, what's going on in there, and what kind of dark stuff that they're praying doing over that baby. To, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So to, to, uh, to, to allow it to be possessed or right. manipulated. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys a question. Have you ever read anything about junk DNA? Now, I had read something in, in a particular publication 
I don't really want to say names and stuff like that because I don't want the blowback of being sued or something if I misquote. Mm-hmm. But I was reading an article that was given to me by a fellow podcaster, and it was very interesting. It was a few months back, and it was talking about junk DNA. Now, I'd read about it about 10 years ago, but I, me and someone, Nelly, you know him, we were actually talking to him, and he actually gave me some information about junk DNA that was like kind of an update. There are people who have DNA that they call junk DNA, but that it matches up to animals. And they think it's just some kind of, you know, coincidence or whatever. Because science, our science is so, they can't explain a lot of stuff. And there are people who have DNA that corresponds to birds. And, you know, not just avians, but like pig and... I've heard of this. Yes, and, 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 <laughs> and canine. There has to be something to that. I mean, like, why is it there? Is it lying dormant waiting for you to turn the key to push you into some sort of weird state of being? Um, is it there as a, is, is a doorway? Um, I, we've talked about Nephilim, Trey, me and you. <laughs> we've had so many conversations over the years. It's, it's hard to even fathom. But And you're not talking about a, a mafioso when pigs fly. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we're talking about like – Right, like, right. like seriously, these people have like, they have a DNA pattern and mm-hmm. like maybe there's something just waiting like a key to turn it, to, to put you into that form. Well, I've heard stories of uh, people, women and um, overseas in the Middle East, particularly is where I was told that it had happened, is that um, they'll give birth to babies that'll look like sure. animals. Oh, yeah. And the one she was telling me. Um, this like a Ara- rabbit? Arabic lady. Yes, the one I told you about. The, mm-hmm. the Arabic lady was telling me it was her sister that had the baby, and it came out with a rabbit's head. And, um, of course, they did not keep it. They Who didn't keep it? Her sister. Her sister said, take it away, take it away. And I'm, if, I'm, I don't remember too much. I just remember her saying that, that she had gave birth to a baby with a rabbit's head and that they had buried it. I didn't ask any more than that. That is not unusual, considering like like some of the Lebanese that I that I worked with mm-hmm. were Druze, mm-hmm. and they would talk. They believed in reincarnation, but they believed that there were curses that follow people from one life to the next. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is what I believe, folks. Okay? Generational we're, we're curses. We're talking about what different cultures believe, mm-hmm. and they believed in shape shifting too, and they believed that certain people are born evil that they come back and they return to keep doing evil until they're stopped and then sent to a form of hell. They actually, some of them believe that you're born with certain, like, you, you, you know, abilities, whether it's to see the future or to whatever, you know. I was talking to a gypsy person that's born a Roma, as they say, and I was talking to them and we, we kind of briefly touched base on, like, the whole being born with the eye and how to tell people's futures and fortunes and things like that. And they believe that that stuff is ingrained in your DNA. You're born that way. And you're born that way because of something that was done by one of your ancestors. They also believe that it could be something that you did. Like you set it up so when you're reborn a generation, two generations down the road, you come back and you pick up where you left off. And if you're evil, then you just continue to be evil and do bad. Well, what you were saying about being born like somebody that was given birth and they had, you know, yeah, that's not that's not an, an, like an uncommon thing. Actually, no, she said that it it happens over there a and lot, and it's not just a deformity either. Like no. they're born with a weird, mm-hmm. like they look like. I think that, I think the gen are responsible. Hell, they're crafty. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it doesn't. But uh, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, and and of course, if you, now here's another thing too. I was talking to a researcher the other day, and we were talking about the different regions and mm. what is what. You when you talk about Jin, you're talking about something from the Middle East, but the fairies or fae, they're from Ireland, Wales, England, Scotland. They're the same thing, only they're in a different area. Mm-hmm. And there are people that actually believe that if you build a house in a certain area, then if they reside there, it's weird because in the Middle East, it matches up just like you do, it does in Ireland. You don't build near a ferry mound and the mm-hmm. same thing in the Middle East. You don't build near certain areas where there's rock formation 
the natives had the same belief. They believed that you don't build near certain areas because they're elementals of physical, of, of uh, spirits mm-hmm. that, that live in that area. And if you do, then you upset them and they can put curses on you too. For sure. I mean, it, of all the testimonies I've heard from around the globe, the jinn are, I'd put them almost at the top of the Some list. Some of the worst, yeah. I um, mean, it's, uh, it's, it just depends on where you're at. What, their, what, their craftiness know. and their ability to just, uh, very smoothly transition from this to that and that to this, up, down to left to right, right to left, up to down is, uh, and that's all. Well, think about where they're from. Think about where they're from. That's what I was going to say is, um, I, isn't it odd how these entities take on like customs and traditions or it, it just mirrors the, the location like mm-hmm. the Chinese that their, their, their hauntings, their, their entities are, are of, you know, they're like, they're cultural. Like, yeah. And then, like, yeah. and, and, and whichever area you're from, that's the area where those entities are like the Oswang mm-hmm. was is from Philippines. Like, the Kappa mm-hmm. is from, Japan, the 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 um, kitsune, and it's not just the names; it's it's these yeah. things are are like of their their culture. And in and in Ireland, the Kelpie, um, the Fae, you know, and 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 I, th- I think that the Jinn are just one version of all of those. But what you said about the, how they're very they're very um, they're the fear, flu- they're the fear fluid, they're, yeah, and and they're, they they follow people too, like, and a lot of people will put it on, you know, the. The wars we've had over there. Mm-hmm. They come back with soldiers you know, and things like that. For sure. I mean, mm-hmm. since the late 80s, early 90s, you know, our presence over there, and it's, they sure. can say what they want to say, but it, we've never left. And Well, they have practitioners there too, Trey. Like, mm-hmm. Just like you were talking about the federal soldiers, you know, from the Union soldiers being attacked mm-hmm. by um, the shapeshifter skinwalker, yeah, the, which are basically the elemental spirits flowing through humans. Exactly. They, the Arabs over there, that, have done what, the same thing. They're evil that, practitioners. That, that is have, a bullet in their clip to you. That is, and they will use it against mm-hmm. the Western soldiers who sure. fought. Now, here's one thing. I, I got a story from a guy that this was secondhand, though. Um, his his uh, grandfather was in Afghanistan during the 80s when they invaded with the Russians. And the mm-hmm. Afghanistan soldiers, which is something we've seen now too, and we've talked about this um, amongst ourselves anyway, that that the Afghanis will, you know, the Pashtun, they have practitioners too. And mm-hmm. this guy, his grandfather was in, in, in the war in Afghanistan, and he saw shape-shifting amongst, they were jackals. I bet they were. And they were, they were coming into enemy lines, and they were coming across, and they were, they were shape-shifting, and these Russian soldiers were up all night shooting at these mm. phantom jackals because they're <laughs> freaking them out, and then the next day they got overrun. So you're going like, th- this is the very same thing that you're talking about with the uh, shape-shifting that happened amongst the Lakota and the Arapaho mm-hmm. that were fighting against the Union soldiers. This is the same thing. It's mm-hmm. the so absolute, their tactics are the same. The, the tactics are the same, and, and they're using... To me, I always said that, that anybody can open up the dark side. And it's very ex- easy. That's exactly where I was going to go with it. Doesn't doesn't matter, make you special, no matter what continent or what um, race, what color, what origin, um, gender, denomination, gender. Mm-hmm. It, none of that matters. It, it, it it's um, it, you know, it, it's it it covers all of that. It transcends every single bit of that, and. And the the very end, in in a nutshell, it's either of the light or it's of the dark. the dark. Call it what you want; it's all of the same origin. You know, we call it demon or jinn or fairies or monster. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's either of the light or it's of the dark. And if if you want to not choose to be of the light and to follow. And to have a, you know, a, a personality or live a lifestyle intentionally of what, in my opinion, of what a human should do and live in the light. And you want to choose the dark, call it what you will. The same results are going to happen. And, um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, the dark is uh, is the ruler of this air down here. Oh, it is. And then, uh, well, Satan it, is, the, it, is the prince of the power of the air. He is, and um, that's you know the book of Ephesians says that, and he, you know, he he will come and he will give you power, 
And um, but it's a sucker's deal. It is a sucker's deal. It is. A sucker's but I mean, deal. look at how many people though. Okay, the other th- this is an analogy. The other day I was sitting in my living room and I got a uh, one of those big pretty flyers from the casino. <laughs> The casino and Nelly, we were talking about going to the casino with, mm-hmm. the, the, in the age of COVID. It's like maybe it's not such a good idea. But, <laughs> so we get a hundred and seventy five dollars to go and play, and Nelly's like, "Woohoo, let's go play at the casino!" And I'm like, one hundred seventy five dollars will be gone in an hour, and we'll be hey, there. That's an hour's worth of fun. Then, then, <laughs> then we have ten hours of fun that we spend twelve hundred bucks. Uh, and that's because I gamble conservatively. Okay. Let's say I don't you know, we could lose two, three grand real quick. That, what is that $175? That's a sucker's deal. And that's kind of what the devil does. You know, if you mm-hmm. want to call the devil, whatever you want to call him, but that, that he's giving you, oh yeah, I'll give you 20 years of, of running around terrorizing people, whatever. You're going to spend eternity with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it worth it? No. I mean, but you know, people are such suckers for whatever. You know, and I mean, of course, me, I ran to the casino as fast as I could and I spent that money, but I'm just, I'm just joking, folks. That did not happen. I actually did not. I was, I was you actually. You drove, you didn't run. I, I, know, I, I drove I, I know there. this much because uh, folks, I, in another life, I, I did love to gamble. The will of fortune was the roulette wheel. And uh, I like mixed drinks and gambling. And I know this, uh, Josh, uh, they wouldn't call you and say they got $175 to give you if uh, if you'd never been there before. <laughs> <laughs> because I had already gone up there and lost my shirt. In fact, they were like, sir, you need to leave. Why is that? They're like, sir, you're nude and you have nothing else to give us. Can you please leave? Uh, you guys took my truck. Can you call me an Uber back to Texas? No, that's not what happened. I actually took a lift. But, you know, the thing is about- How much would you charge, Uber, if you're listening? <laughs> Back to Texas. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. They send you a $10 coupon in the here's yes, a, here's a $10 will. coupon for a brand new car. Like $10 <laughs> off, man. But then you got to come up with the other $38,900. <laughs> but you're right. In the long run, it's all a sucker's deal. It is, absolutely. It is. And, and the, you hear about these stories. And of course, Trey, we grew up with them down here. But you had some crazy ones up there in, in, the, the, uh, in, in Wyoming and in, in South Dakota and Colorado. Mm-hmm. And you would tell me about these things and I would just be like, wow, that's, that's crazy because you, not only did you, did we have all this stuff that happened here when we were growing up, but that you went there. And now let me ask you this question. This is an important question. Um, Did, did what went on here growing up here with all the weird stories and all the, the stuff and all the people, did it prepare you at all for what went on over there? Was it like, oh my gosh, now I can deal with this. Uh, definitely so. Um, and I'll just be real with it. Uh, growing up a believer for the audience, I am a Christian and, um, haven't always walked like one, but they say, uh, in the book of Proverbs, um, if you train a child up in the way that he or she shall go, they will always come back, you know, in the end. Um, so, even in the midst of doing what I was doing, and I always, I can't say that I was always doing the right thing when I was in Dakota or Colorado or Montana, Wyoming, Iowa, Nebraska. I always knew in my heart um, what right was and what wrong was. And facing the fork in the road, and that still small voice inside of you, call it the spirit, call it the, your conscience, um, whatever you want to call it, you know, it, it would direct you in the right way. And um, these might be small decisions that might not affect much, or they might be decisions that will affect a lot. The voice yet would still be there, and um, you would buck it anyways and uh, let the cards fall as they may. Yeah, it did prepare me growing up down here and experiencing the things that I did, having the upbringing that I did have, because when I experienced those things up there and I heard the testimonies that I heard and got close to the people that I got close to, nothing really surprises me. I mean, that's probably the 
the one thing that I can say is um, nothing shocks me, nothing surprises me, because in the end, um, there is a source for all of this stuff. And um, if anybody out there listening is shocked or surprised or leery or straddling the fence on the things you hear now or any of the episodes that you've heard before this, um, this stuff is real, folks. And um, you might as well go ahead and get on board with it because um, there's nothing you can do about it. And, you know, truth is truth. Whether you can wrap your mind around it or not, it really doesn't matter. You know, pride has to be swallowed and you just got to go with it. And um, it's uh, different regions have different stories. And that's just in the states between the Atlantic and the Pacific. You know, you can go north of here to Canada, south of here to Mexico, to Belize, to Honduras or, you know, Costa Rica or down into South America or to Antarctica or to Europe, to Asia. It doesn't matter. No matter where you go, you're going to hear the same stories play out over and over, play out over, and over again. And um, so, yeah, to answer your question, Josh, having the upbringing that I had and experiencing the things that I experienced um having someone like you who I could relate to who also went through some of the same things but did not question but who took it on open mindedly and with no no flack if you will I wouldn't you know I don't think that that would have mattered either way whether you would have came with uh oh no way you know what i mean that's a bunch of bs or if hey i know exactly what you're talking about it's still my testimony and still something that i went through you know th- this it's real and so knowing that from an early age when you become an adult and you you know you're you're around different people of different races and different cultures and different regions and you go about things in a different way. You see a lot of ease in different people because you went through the same thing and yet you might seem different, but yet you're still the same as they are. So, uh, yeah, it definitely uh, helped prepare me, if you will, I guess. I mean, if uh, if that was your question, does it prepare me to uh, be able to accept it or take it or to understand it? Definitely. Yeah, but, uh, you know, in the end, we're all the same, no matter uh, where we come from or what our background is. Yeah, that's a good answer. And, I, you know, and I'm glad that uh, I had some kind of a influence to help you out a little bit. Definitely. I mean, I you know, know that when you would talk to me about it, you would tell me things and you would you would tell me that there weren't many people you could talk to about that kind of stuff because a lot of people will think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. But, um yeah, folks, I had a I saw a dog man when I was fifteen. So, yeah, and 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 I know me and you had talked many nights when you were out and about doing whatever, and you'd call me out of the blue and say, "Hey, what's up?" You know, mm-hmm. and we would talk, and you would tell me some of the crazy stuff that went on, and I never questioned it or doubted it because my life was very paranormal. Yeah, yeah. As uh, for all the listeners, for as uh, for as as brawn and big and and tough and uh the lifestyle that josh has lived the last two decades uh that he's i mean he's had to be like that but uh there is a side of him that is uh the total opposite and um thank god that uh you know you can show that to some people and uh it's uh it's kind of a it's a, a common bond and it's a thread that we've uh that we've got got to share um when you know not a not a whole lot of other people would uh would jump on board or uh you know be uh, courageous enough to uh pull the surfboard out and to surf that same thread and that same that same wave you know um it's uh but uh i don't know uh to all the listeners out there uh, they wouldn't be uh 
they wouldn't be tuning into this podcast if they didn't believe to begin with. So yeah. uh, y'all all understand. Yeah, they'll understand. <laughs> that was what we had talked about too. Trey was like, I'll be able to talk to people who grasp, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and, and just being able to come on and talk to a, a, a listeners that are open-minded. Right. And being able to understand because a lot of them have had their own experiences and they're looking for answers and that's why they found us. Sure. That's, that's the, the, the beauty of, uh, this niche right here and, uh, these podcasts and, uh, because you can go, uh, you can go down these avenues, these rabbit holes, uh, as some people would call them, and uh, and uh, feel a feel a commonality, you know, and a and a bond and a, and a thread that where uh, other people might say, "Well, what the hell are you tuning into that for on a Friday night?" Uh, well, you just wouldn't understand, but uh, I get y'all. I understand. It's definitely something that you have to <laughs> you have to experience to be right. totally on the on the on the level. But someone who believes, but you know, here's the deal, folks. Jesus said that blessed is he who believes, but but those that have seen, have not seen and believe, you mm-hmm. know, they're even more blessed because they believe it without even having to experience it. And, and I, oh, I didn't misquote that, but I'm so tired. No, but you didn't, but that's, that's right on point. Yeah. That's a good one. And, and I know that one, one of the things that me and you talked about one time when you were up in, I think, South Dakota, you'd called me up one night out of the blue. And if I remember correctly, it was cold, and you were talking about how cold it was up there, and we were talking, and you were saying, you know, you you were telling me, you're like, one, one, you're the one person that I can call at any time, and mm-hmm. we can talk about anything, and you'll get it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's how I feel about you, too. Like, I could call you up, and no matter what's going on, no matter what state of affairs is going on in our worlds, we could always communicate, and we had a bond, mm-hmm. and we still do. You know, and I think that those kind of things transcend uh, pretty much all facets of life. Um, you know, you one time told me that you feel it, it, may, it gives you comfort. I think the way you word it was like it gives you comfort to know that I'm in the world mm-hmm. with you. You know, and I feel the same way with you. Like, I, I, it gives me comfort to know that at any time I could turn to you if I needed sure. to and we could talk about stuff, you know. Yeah. That's I, beautiful. Yeah. And I appreciate that that you're there for us and we're there for you. No matter what part of the world I was in or what part of the world you were in, because we were both travelers, you mm-hmm. know, you, we could call each other up at any given time. And heck, I don't even know how you found my number half the time. He'd be like, hey, this is Trey. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> We'd start talking and you'd be like talking about something weird. And it never did seem weird to me. I never went, oh my gosh, what the heck's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, because we would just talk about it. And I think this this talking about this too is also therapeutic for us in a way because Definitely. you have to make sense of the things that have gone on. And folks, that's all the time we have for tonight. But uh, we're going to definitely get back on it, and we're going to talk again with Trey. We got he got a lot more stuff to talk about. But uh, yeah, we just wanted to uh, come at you, and and it's it's been a while. Me and my wife been working on Trey to get him to come on the show and talk, and he finally did. Um, we, we, of course we threatened them, but you know, it's, it's, it's not about all that, you know, I mean, <laughs> just messing with you, Trey. No, but anyway, that's all the time we had for tonight, folks. We appreciate you tuning in. So from whatever spaceship you're, you've been abducted and in, in, into and whatever pasture you're running naked and being seen on a trail cam chased by a chupacabra, uh, good night. Good night, folks. It's all good. Don't fear the chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> you can untie Trey now. <laughs>